Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and it is time for Sunday Morning Alive right here on our website. We're glad that you've joined us today wherever you are joining us, whether you're part of our physical congregation here in the United States or whether you're joining us from anywhere in the world. Uh, we are so glad that you are here today as we go to the Word of God together. I wish we were in a building big enough to hold us all. <laughs> and I'm talking about people from around the world that we could all just worship together today. Today. But because we are all over the world, amen, and we are scattered all over the world, we can come together right here on a website, amen, and be part and worship God as one family of God. <laughs> so uh, listen, there's, a, there's a, 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 a scripture that talks about us being brothers and sisters all throughout the new covenant. There are many scriptures I should say. Someone who did the math said there's over 430 references to the body of Christ, to the church, as brothers and sisters in Christ. Hallelujah. Because the word, the root word that brother and brethren comes from, and the other allusions to that, uh, is, is a word that means from the same womb. Hallelujah. We're not brothers uh, like someone who's part of a club. Uh, we're not brothers like part of some some group of people that, that identify as brothers. We are literal, spiritual brethren. Hallelujah. So we're going to worship together today as we receive the word into good ground hearts. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, please stay tuned today as our special guest guest. Amen. I believe that God is going to restore the blessings upon his people in spite of COVID, in spite of all the circumstances that is affecting the world globally. Amen. Because he has, he has promised it. You know, the scripture said, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. And when you hear that word, it maketh rich, you think of all the material part of being blessed of the Lord and but this is all about the favor of God. Amen. The blessing of the Lord is upon us because of his favor. And it's his favor that makes us so rich. I've often said it. I'm going to say it again. I'd rather have a meal barrel that has a little bit in the bottom that can never run empty because of God's blessing on it than to have a meal barrel that is full that can be emptied and there's nothing left when it's all gone. Amen. I'd rather have the blessing of the Lord. I'd rather have God's God's favor in my life because it affects every part of my life. Hallelujah. The blessing of the Lord is... It maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. The thief came to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus said, I've come to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. People see that word abundant. They immediately, many times, go to the material. Oh, but the abundant life is not just in the, in the earthly gain that many times God blesses us to obtain. Listen. Because Jesus went on to say, 
that a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things that he possesses. So the abundant life is far beyond anything that you can accumulate in this material physical world. Doesn't mean God is not going to give you things, but he never wants you to have your heart wrapped around those things that are temporal, that are that are going to pass away instead of those things that are eternal. That's why the scripture is very clear. Amen. While we look not at the things which are temporal, but at the things which are eternal. Praise God. Amen. Listen, friend, we want to talk to you today about a crucial, critical issue as God restores blessings that even involves the material in our life. When he begins to do that, we need to remember not to forget God. Therefore, the title of this message today that God has dropped into my heart today to share with you today from his word is the danger of forgetting God. The danger of forgetting God. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Hosea thirteen four through 6. Hosea thirteen four through 6. This is what God is saying to ancient Israel when he brought them out of Egypt and blessed them wherever they went. Listen, he said, yet I am the Lord thy God from the land of Egypt, and thou shalt know no God but me, for there is no Savior beside me. Oh, listen, God is not jealous of other gods that man have erected and man-made because he's just jealous in that sense. He He's concerned about those other gods and even making mammon our god or man our god or any other source, person, or thing our god because there's no Savior beside him. He's spoken in one place in the old covenant of the, of the idols of the pagans around Israel. And he said, they got eyes that can't see. They got ears that can't hear. They got mouths that can't speak. And they've got hands that can't help. Oh, friend, we serve the living and the true God. He's warning them when you are blessed, there's a tendency to make what the blessing itself or yourself the source of of all of of your sustenance in life and take that that focus off of God who is the true and the living God the creator and the source of all blessings the I'm I'm your God from the land of Egypt and thou shalt know no God but me why because there's no savior beside me you know, the, the Bible says of himself, I got eyes that see, I got ears that hear, and I got hands that deliver. Why would you look to any other person, including yourself, than me? Amen. Listen to verse 5 of Hosea 13. I did know thee in the wilderness, in the land of great drought. According to their pasture, so they filled. They were filled, and their heart was exalted. Therefore... They have forgotten me. That's the danger. Amen. Listen, it's so important to understand the background of this scripture today. The time is 750 years before Jesus Christ came. The place is northern kingdom of Israel. 
in its declining years, just before the Assyrians conquered and destroyed it. Hosea is a prophet of God sent to tell Israel of their sins and God's reasons for the impending overthrow. Their sins were many, but Hosea's message can be reduced to one overarching problem. The people have forgotten God. I want to say that again. The people have forgotten God. Now, friend, I'm not talking about all our human tendency toward forgetfulness. I'm talking about not acknowledging God as our sovereign and our source, our creator and the source of all our need and especially our salvation. God recounts Israel's history to show what had happened and how they had forgotten him. The failures of the Israelites are written down for our warning today so that we don't fall into the same trap of forgetfulness that they did. God makes his case against the people. God brought them out of Egypt in the Exodus when God delivered the Israelites from slavery and bondage in Egypt. This was a physical picture of our spiritual salvation. Hallelujah. It is a type of of deliverance from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light and life and blessing. Though all the through all the plagues and especially the last one, the death of the firstborn and the Passover lambs, God rescued Israel from the Egyptian slavery, bondage and oppression. When we speak of salvation today, we're referring to the forgiveness of sin, which is secured by faith in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus in our place. Through the death of His only Son, God saves us from the death penalty and power of sin in our life. After He saved Israel, God supplied all their needs and cared for them in the desert and finally brought them into the promised land of Canaan. Once there, God fed them, literally pastured them. As a shepherd does his sheep, he fed them until they were full, until they were completely filled, stuffed and satisfied. Amen. When they were filled and and satisfied, they became proud. Prosperity, listen, physical, material prosperity brought rebellious pride, and they refused to depend on God or to be subject to him. They attributed to themselves the honor which was due God for all his blessings. They failed to acknowledge God as the true source of their great abundance. I've heard people talk about their faith and what their faith had accumulated in the material for them. And, and in that, that, that declaration of look what my faith has accomplished instead of look what my God in His grace and mercy has done for me. Friend of mine, it is a subtle and subversive thing to begin to give the glory to ourselves or to someone or something else other than our God. To make someone or something else our source other than God. Prosperity brought pride which made them forgetful. They forgot God. And they turned away from him. They rejected him as God and abandoned their worship of him. They looked instead to the demon deities of the pagan Canaanite religions. This is precisely what Moses, through the Holy Spirit, had prophesied 
and warned them against in the book of Deuteronomy? What exactly did they forget? And what do we need to remember in order that we don't end up forgetting God? Listen, forgetting God, dear friend, is synonymous with forsaking God. The moment we forget God is our sovereign, God is our Savior, God is our source, amen, we are in grave danger of forsaking Him. What they forgot and what we need to remember It can be found in several chapters in Deuteronomy. Moses, by God's Holy Spirit, warns them about the things they need to constantly keep in mind. Things they had never, should have never, and we should never forget. But they did. And that's the danger today. Number one, they forgot their Creator. In the book of Deuteronomy, Chapter 32 and verse 15. It said, But Jeshurun, which is another word for Israel, but Jeshurun waxed fat and kicked. Thou art waxen fat. Thou art grown thick. Thou art covered with fatness. You see, the blessing has brought them prosperity. There's nothing wrong. God wanted to bless them. He just warned them, When I do bless you, don't forget me. It's a warning also in the scriptures that say, I'm going to bring you into the land that flows with milk and honey. And when that thou art eaten and art full, beware, lest thou forget God by not keeping his commandments. There's an indicator in forgetting God when we make someone something else or even ourself our source and not Look to God and give Him the credit for our blessings with gratitude, (laughs) hallelujah, and worship and obedience to Him. Amen. They forgot their origin was from God. One translation reads, Jeshurun, another name for Israel, grew fat and kicked, filled with food. He became heavy and sleek. He abandoned the God who made him and rejected the rock, his Savior. The people forgot their origins, where they came from, who created them. In Deuteronomy thirty-two eighteen. you deserted me, the rock who fathered you. You forgot the God who gave you birth. They did not remember God made everything, even they themselves. When we forget that God made us, that He has a claim on our lives because He created us, when we forget this first thing, then we're in danger of forgetting Him completely. We've taken the first step toward forgetting God, and the second step is not far behind. Listen to Deuteronomy 32.18 once again. Of the rock that begat thee thou art unmindful, and has forgotten God that formed thee. We're admonished to remember that God is our creator, especially when full of youthful energy and strength. Ecclesiastes 12.1 says, Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, 
while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Remember, God, when you feel so strong, so sufficient in yourself, remember that God is your source, and apart from Him, we can do nothing but falter and fail. Forgetting God our Creator, by not acknowledging Him as our Sovereign Lord and King, will lead us to an irreverent attitude. They forgot that salvation, deliverance, is only from God. Deuteronomy 6.12 says, Then beware, lest you forget the Lord which brought thee out of the land of Egypt, the house of bondage. Amen. Glory to God. Second, they forgot their salvation was by God. Deuteronomy 6.12, God reminds the people, as He often does, that it was He who brought them out of Egypt. He was their Savior, their Rescuer, their salvation. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord that brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He reminds them again, I am the Lord your God. I brought you out of Egypt. You shall acknowledge no God but me. No Savior except me. The second we lose sight of the fact that it is God and God alone who is our Savior, we are on our way toward the third step, and that's forgetting God completely. Isaiah 43.11 says, I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. When we forget God, we look for substitute saviors, gods who are no gods. And that's exactly what they did. Isaiah 47.12-13 says, Stand now with thine enchantments and the multitude of thy sorceries, wherein thou hast labored from thy youth, if so be that thou shalt be able to profit, if so be thou mayest prevail. Thou art wearied in the multitude of thy counsels. Let now the astrologers and stargazers and monthly prognosticators stand up and save thee from these things that shall come upon thee. One translation, a modern paraphrase says, Call out the demon hordes you've worshipped all these years. You see, when we don't worship God, we don't stop worshipping. I want to say that again. When we don't worship God, the true and the living God, our God, we don't stop worshipping. Amen. We're serving somebody. Make no mistake about it. You don't have to be a Christian to be a worshipper today. We're all worshiping something behind every idol, behind every icon, behind everything that man has made his God. There are demons impersonating that God. That's why there are even spiritual experiences in worshiping these dead idols. But it's really demons impersonating uh, whatever man has created in his mind. Oh, friend of mine, there's a danger in forgetting God today. And he's saying to those people that listen to all the spiritual people, all these people making these prophecies and predictions and, and, and stargazers, astrologers, and palm readers, and all of the occult, 
Listen to the paraphrase. Call out the demon hordes you have worshipped all these years. Ask them to help you strike terror into the hearts of people once again. You have more than enough advisors, astrologers, and stargazers. Let them stand up and save you from what the future holds. When King Saul was in the blindness of rebellion, he sought out the witch of Endor. You see, friend, it's a very short step from forgetting God to looking for a substitute. Friend of mine, it is so important today that we get our, we get our eyes set upon the true and the living God. Because if we don't praise and thank God for His provision and prosperity, we forget He did it for us and He gave it to us. Then we start to think we did it ourselves, or look for a substitute God who might have supplied it. Forgetting to thank and praise God for our, our, our very origin, our being, our salvation and supply makes us forget our utter dependence upon God for everything. St. Augustine said it well when he said, Sin is believing the lie that you are self-created, self-dependent, and self-sustained. Forgetting where we came from, who saved us, who supplies our needs, who leads to pride in ourself. Pride is the national religion of hell. I'm going to say that again. Pride is the national religion of hell. When it said that, that Satan had blinded the eyes of men, it's the word tofluo. And it means literally to puff up with pride. It's hard to humble ourselves, confess that we're sinners and we have need of a Savior where we cannot save ourselves. Oh, we have to humble ourselves. That's why it's so hard for the rich and self-sufficient to know salvation. It's not impossible for the things that are impossible with men are possible with God. But Jesus said it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. And I've heard the story about there's a, they, they closed the big gates to cities, but they left a little single uh, where you had to turn sideways to get through, and they called it the needle's eye. And so armies couldn't suddenly rush in. They'd have to come in in single file. They, they would alert a watchman, and, and, and I understand that, but I do not believe that's what Jesus is referring to. He's saying with pride and self-sufficiency in our heart, there's no way we can enter the kingdom of God. It would be as hard as a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it would be for a man who is rich depending on his riches and his self-sufficiency and pride that they bring him to enter into the kingdom of God. For except we become as a little child, you shall nowise enter the kingdom of God. Listen, friend of mine. And they said, well, Lord, who can be saved then? If it's that hard, who then can be saved? We all have pride to some degree. Who can be saved then? And he said, the things that are impossible with men are possible with God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Friend of mine, when God goes to work by the Holy Spirit on the human heart, he can, he can soften a heart that has been 
hardened with pride and self-sufficiency if we begin to allow conviction to take hold of us. Dear friend, what's impossible with men is possible with God. It's possible for you to be saved today if you have never in your life humbled yourself. If you're walking in proud self-sufficiency, if God is dealing with you right now, the Holy Spirit is beginning to work on that pride-hardened heart. And those eyes that couldn't see your lost condition now can see your need for a Savior. I want you to know God is working in this world. God is working in this sin-hardened world. And it's not too late to have your heart softened by the Holy Spirit as you give way and give in to Him and allow Him to bring you to God's great love and mercy for salvation. Friend, forgetting where we came from, who saved us and who supplies our needs leads to pride in ourselves, self-sufficiency. Pride is the national religion of hell. In 1957, when the Russians first put the Sputnik satellite into outer space, Moscow made a statement. This is what they boldly claimed. They said, creation was under new management. They thought because we were able to do this, we had the technology, the intellect to do this, we have, we have come to a place of superiority of man. That, that, it, what a statement to make. Amen. What a statement. How dare they? Amen. But how dare we in the Christian community? Amen. Give our faith credit for what only God can do. Yes, it was our faith in God, but it was not our faith from God standing apart from Him. Amen. Jesus is the author and Jesus is the finisher of our faith. And creation isn't under Russian management or American management or the Chinese management and not under man's management. It's under God's management today. Hallelujah. Forgetting our origins, the source of our salvation and supply will also lead to being deceived about where the abundance comes from and leads us to a lack of obedience to God. Here's a quote from Time magazine some years ago when Bill Gates was asked about religion, what he thought, what is his religious view. Here's what he said. He said, just in terms of allocation of time resources, religion is not very efficient. There's a lot more I could be doing on a Sunday morning. Hey, hey, wait a minute. Before you gasp and say, how dare he say that? There's a lot of Christians today. Listen to me. There's a lot of Christians today that by not coming to church when we could and when we should have said a similar thing, that there's a lot more important things that I could be doing on Sunday morning then coming together with God's saints to worship God, encourage one another, be accountable to one another, exhort one another, pray for one another, bear one another's burdens. We throw that out the window 
and say it's more important that I do this. It's more important that I do that. How dare us be shocked by the attitude of pagans and sinners and and people who don't know God and don't want to know God when we act in similar ways. Friend, it is a trend today because we are forgetting God. The people of Israel had made promises and vows to God. Oh, I want to back up and say something. When it said, forsake not the assembling of yourself together, it was not a suggestion. This is not a suggestion in the God-breathed Scripture. This is the Word of God that should be bowed to and obeyed, not simply looked at and discarded as if it doesn't, it doesn't include me. I got my own little religious world that I live in. Oh, yes, I believe in God. I'm trusting God. I'm serving God. But I'm doing it on my terms instead of His terms. If you're doing it on your terms, it is not His terms. I can guarantee you that. Friend of mine, we need to get back to God today. We need to get back to obedience to the Word of God today. We need to get back to a reverence for God and a reverence for His Word today. The people of Israel had made promises and vows to God to follow, love, and obey Him and Him alone. But because they continued to forget to thank Him for His salvation and His supply, they forgot their complete dependence on Him. And when they got forgot their dependence on Him, they forgot their allegiance to Him. And it led them to disobedience and rebellion. They literally rejected God. They abandoned the God in whom they had once believed. Can a nation forget their God and change their God? Yea, they've forsaken me. They've forsaken me, he said, the fountain of living waters and hewed them out broken cisterns which have no way to hold water. Friend of mine, I want you to know we need to get back to our sovereign. We need to get back to our source. We need to get back to our Savior. We need to come back to God because when we do as God's people and we draw nigh to Him, we begin to repent of our sins of disobedience. We begin to show that repentance by uh, by starting a new life of obedience to God. Hallelujah. We do our first works. We rekindle the first love. And not only that, we rekindle that faith that looks only to God as its object. (laughs) Hallelujah. Friend, I can't wait for the revival that God's going to bring to those that will hear the sound of the trumpet today. Amen. There's a trumpet call. Hallelujah. To a new commitment to obey God and look to God. For they that come to God must believe that He is and that He is our source. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Listen, Christian, today, this is God's call from God's Word. America has been so blessed for so many years. And it is time now that we begin to acknowledge the Lord in all of our ways. That He 
and He alone might be the source of our supply, the source of our salvation. Listen, it's time. It's time. Draw near to God. He said, I'm waiting. I'll reciprocate the day that you do it. I will draw nigh to you. And it's time. We need the Lord like we've never needed the Lord. One preacher of old said it this way, America has been cursed with blessings. Blessings are only a curse if they lead us to pride and self-sufficiency, dear friend. America has been cursed with blessings. And if she doesn't repent, we're going to be blessed with cursings. Listen, friend, God doesn't want that today. For the blessing of the Lord maketh rich. His favor, His grace, His mercy, His deliverance. Hallelujah. Let's come back to God and see the mighty revival and restoration in the Christian community, in the church of Jesus Christ. If you don't know the Lord today, the Bible says of you that you're without hope and you're without God in this present world. That's a dangerous place to be. It's an awful place to be. It's a hopeless, helpless place to be. Come to Christ. Repent of your sin. Make God your sovereign and your source and be blessed now and forever. Amen.